Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And today our special guest is Cheryl Talley. If you remember last week, we had Elizabeth Higby from St. Raphael's Counseling talking about suicide and, and her experiences as a counselor. Today we have Cheryl Talley who unfortunately has experienced a suicide within her family. And she's here to kind of give us just, you know, a personal look at how it's affected a family, uh, faith, and, you know, we're going to get into a lot of questions. But first of all, Cheryl, I just want to thank you so much for coming. Oh, please. Thank you. I mean, I think it's such an important um, topic to talk about. I think it's the one area I really think is missed is the um, the survivors of those who um, who of suicide, uh, the family members, the friends that are left behind. I think it's a topic that is rarely discussed and rarely um, addressed, and I think it's such an important thing. So thank you, Deacon. Jeff, well, yeah, I thank you for coming in because it is it is important, and I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, so could you briefly um, tell us, you know, what happened in your family, uh, and and what's been the effect of that, just in a in a macro viewpoint. So in a word, I would call it a tsunami. Um, it was the complete and utter change of our life. Um, my husband committed suicide about four and a half years ago, um, and uh, everything in my life changed. The, the, the place I worked, my friends, my family, uh, there wasn't anything left behind. So it really was like a tsunami where the entire landscape had changed. And, you know, we had talked when we had talked to Elizabeth in terms of you know, what are some of the factors? What are the, some of the warning signs? Did you see any of that? I mean, even maybe not at the time, but in hindsight, does, does some things ring true from what she said last week? Uh, you know, in, in hindsight, I'd, I'd say yes. Um, I look back and I really can't say that I could have picked up the signs. I don't really see um, uh, there were normal stresses of, the, of life. You know, we see normal, you know, nervousness. I mean, we ran a business and we had normal ups and downs and um, it wasn't something we hadn't faced before. Uh, and I, I, to me, I didn't really see signs. I didn't, you know, you hear about people saying, oh, looking for the warning signs. In retrospect, maybe I can pick out a few. Like I remember Elizabeth mentioning that um, there was a calm before uh, his suicide. Um, I do think that there was a calm, and, and, but we've had calms before, so it wasn't particularly striking as a uh, as a signal. Um, I didn't think it was unusual. He was not somebody who had a lot of highs and lows to begin with, so I didn't really see the, the ebbs and flows. They didn't have that. So I, I can honestly say... Um, I didn't see any signs, and it's and it's really hard, even in, in, in looking back, to, to say that they were were signs. And there was no uh, suicidal ideations prior to that. I mean, I mean, it was totally out of the blue. No, actually, I, I would say the opposite. I mean, out of anybody in the world, I was the one that was the up and down personality. You know, where I was, you know, you can you can tell my mood on a daily basis. Um, he was a stable guy, and, and uh, I, I never felt like I had any kind of, um, you know, warning signs or symptoms or any of those kinds of things. So, no, I really – I didn't. So um, And how long were you married? So 25 years. 25 uh, just, years. Just, it was actually shy of 25 years that he died. So, uh, yeah, so an, it was a shock. Um, yeah. I and, mean, you know – how, how do you prepare for some way? I mean, that's just total, total – as you mentioned, change of your life. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing, I mean, you mentioned that your life changed dramatically. Can you get into some specifics in terms of 
those changes? You mentioned family, friends, I'm sure children. I mean, mm-hmm. what did that look like? So it's it's the funny thing. Everybody always tries to uh, say, are things back to normal? And I and I think that um, when everything changes in your life, it's there is no normal. It's just you're now on a new trajectory. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, we had a business together, so I had to find a new job. Um, our home, uh, I had to pay bills from from the uh, effects of the, you know closing down the company and all this kind. Of, so basically, everything had changed. My home, my family, my children. Um, you know, I'm not really even sure what the impact um, has been. I mean, they've they're. Comp- they're completely different and and completely the same at the same time. I mean, there's and was that always the case? Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know. Um, again, we, there's the, it's 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 a wound you learn to live with, and it is a it's like losing a limb or or a, or a scar that you have uh, healed. It's healed, and the time has allowed it to heal. But you, you, the loss is ever present, and you. I don't know if you ever really get over it. You live through it. You learn to adjust. Um, so, well, are there stages of grief that you went through? I mean, from shock to whatever. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. What What did that What did that look like for you? So you hear about the stages, and I found that that was the most shocking to me. And I don't. That's that that can be similar to anybody experiencing any kind of grieving. You know, so grieving is is different than depression. It's a sadness. It's a loss. It's it's just a processing pro, um, uh, a process that you go through after you lose somebody. But um, stages. It really wasn't stages for me. They were kind of like some days I would accept it, and some days I would be in denial. Some days I'd be angry. Some days. But it didn't necessarily happen in any order. And sometimes I was having all the feelings all at once. Acceptance and denial would, would go back and forth. And it was um, not a process as much as, you know, all these feelings became very, very apparent to me at all times. So it was uh, stages is, is, is kind of a mis, misconception in my experience. Yeah. You know, I don't know what other people experience. I have talked to other people who have um, experienced just the loss of their spouse in, in these widows groups that I joined, um, you know, and they had the same kind of reactions, not stages. It's kind of like all these emotions happen at any point of the day um, over a series of time during your healing process and during your grief. Well, and I think that's why it's good for people to hear that, right? Because for people like me, you, you read something, mm-hmm. but you haven't experienced it. So to speak to somebody who's experienced it, maybe maybe a better question would be, was there a time frame, maybe it's the first year, the first six months, wherever, where the, the swings of emotion started to subside a little bit? Um, or is it still going on? I, I think it's a constant struggle. Um, I don't really I, – I see that I have bigger breaks in the swings, okay? So well, that's I'm, something. Right. Yeah. So there's not – I mean, it's not like the first thought I have in, my, in the morning. It's not the last thought I have at night. I mean, there – but it's a thought I have every day. Um, and, you know, and I know that this is an experience that's very different for everybody. I mean, I, I've talked to people who, who have uh, lost their spouse because of suicide or they've lost – somebody because of just cancer. I mean, it doesn't really, you know, whether it's a cancer or, you know, um, a car accident or suicide, there is things that we have in there common. There is some finality there. There is some, there's a finality. There's, you know, those those moments lost and it's, you grieve that life that you lost. I think with suicide, it's a little bit different. You, you don't have that same um, 
attitude that a lot of the parent uh, people I've talked to where they say that you know my my husband fought for his life he fought to the end he put up the brave fight that they describe when somebody you know battles cancer or leukemia I didn't have that I actually had the opposite he didn't fight for his life so it was it, it puts me in a different category I didn't relate to those who were grieving um, because their husband had died of cancer I was somebody who was um, you know didn't didn't feel that he fought for us um, uh, like the others. So there there's similarities, but there's definite differences. Oh, definitely as well. differences. Now you had mentioned um, you know everything changed. So what about family? Not necessarily your immediate family, but you know brothers and sisters or brother-in-laws, sister-in-laws, those type of thing. Did that change? Uh, I, well, I, I have a small family, so um, I was very blessed and very lucky that my family actually rallied. I actually I had an estranged relationship with my brother, um, and he was on the phone. He was like the second person on the phone to me, and the first was my sister. Um, and uh, my my nuclear family, so my daughter and my son, uh, I was really worried that we were going to it was the stress of it all was going to ruin the family. And, you know, I, I, I thank God every day that my family came together and were very bonded because of it. Um, I think that the, the preciousness of life became very apparent to us and how important it was that we stay together. Uh, so for me, I had a relationship with a cousin that was, you know, like weddings and funerals and you know, kind of cousin um, that I've gotten closer to. Um, and, uh, you know, I, so I've had a positive impact with my family life, and I think was, that was a huge, huge blessing. Well, you kind of find out who your friends are when things get tough, right? Oh, absolutely. And speaking of friends, mm-hmm. did you have the same experience with that? No, and I, I, I've, I've talked about this to other people who have gone through um, a similar experience as I have, and we've actually started talking about it, and I, I, start, I started to see a trend um, that, and this is kind of a, just a, I guess a little warning to those who are living through it too, that you have friends that um, you thought were there forever, and then when the situation came, I, I didn't see them again. I, mean, I actually haven't talked to them in five years. I mean, they literally fell off the radar. Um, and so I, I started seeing a trend in, in different personalities and different ways that, it, that people managed me after the, um, the suicide. And uh, I, I called it the shame, the blame, fame, same, and aim. And, well, you and definitely can rhyme. I can rhyme. I've wow. got I got a gift. Good for I you. like alliteration too, but Wait, that's that's for another that topic. Jersey, <laughs> that's, that's true. Okay. Um, so I, I put the I put that into the five categories just because that's where they kind of all fell in. You know, they either um, completely dropped you off the planet, like they didn't want to even talk to you because they, for some reason they 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 didn't want to be associated with me because you're almost like a pariah like yeah exactly they felt like you know there must be something wrong with me that this happened then there's the ones who you know wanted to know why they wanted to blame me for the suicide like you must not have been a good um you know wife you did not see the warning signs and there was this whole blame aspect there must be something wrong in your household um, then there's this fame aspect, which I thought was that's probably the most shocking I I had 
experience because people wanted to be around me so they could be around the story, so they can be relevant. They wanted to know what was happening. And then that became like a the gossip was, so was just fuel for their gossip mongers. And it really was shocking because I didn't realize I was That's a just topic. Weird. It That's was weird. weird. And it was actually more prevalent than I anticipated. And it's, it's consistent with the people I've talked to. Again, and these are just my personal experiences. So um, then there was the group that I call the same. They didn't, they wanted to know when things were back to normal. And they wanted, they talked about life like nothing had changed in my life. And they just wanted to ignore the incident. Now, I understand that it's really hard. It's a taboo topic. And it is something that, no offense, I don't really want to chat about. But it's the elephant in the room. It is the elephant in the room and you can't get around it. Okay. Um, So these were, that was a shock, a real shock to me. Then there was this group of people that were like my quiet friends who came out of the woodwork and they were like, I'm here for you. What can I do? This is what, and they would just start doing things or, or being there and just listening to me. And they, that's the aim group that, that you really want to seek those people that they're not there for these. Sounds like they seek you. And they do seek you. And that's, that's, that is, that is very true, but they seek you not to get anything from you, but to be there with you and provide something to you. So there's, their, their actions will really speak louder than their words. They're not looking for like, you know anything but just for you to find peace. Um, and they don't want you to be happy again. They want you to find peace. And it's a different goal, you know. And and I have to tell you that was, it was my Catholic friends. I mean, I would go walking with a friend and we'd do the rosary. Um, and it wasn't about anything but just walking and being with somebody. Um, they'd show up on my doorstep with a cappuccino maker and say, I'm making you cappuccino. And we'd sit and we'd pray and we'd talk. Um, and that was, that was, uh, that's what got me through it. I mean, I and I, I was surrounded by this small but mighty band of people, friends, and family that, that helped me through it. Well, you're listening to Respect Life Radio. Our special guest today is Cheryl Talley, talking about a personal experience of suicide in her family. And I think it's a good segue, um, as you were talking about the rosary and praying. Um, how did this tragedy affect your faith and that of your children? This is uh, might be two different answers. It's two, no, it's, they are two different answers. Or three different and, answers. Yeah, you have two um, so I have. Uh, so my faith, um, I, my faith was strengthened. I mean, I had a very strong faith going into it. Actually, um, I just finished a 180-day novena the day my husband died, which is kind of an interesting uh, uh, coincidence. I and I really there felt, are no coincidences. Yeah, well, right? there is no. That's a God incidence for sure. And I, I really felt like the angels were protecting me. I, and I, um, I the first thing I, my next door neighbor is a was a Anglican um, priest, and I ran to him, and I said, you know, I told him that Richard had just died, and he surrounded me, and he hugged me, and he prayed, and he said, have the angels protect her, and I felt that the angels came down at that point and just took over, and I just, I at that point I had already dedicated my life to Christ. At that point, I just said, you know. I, this is it, Lord. I can't do this. I'm leaving it this at the at your, the feet of your son, and I just need you to help me take this burden on. I can't do this. Um, so, I, I someone has said to me that, um, you know, God is love, and you know, in my I always 
used to think of God. I think the, John actually said well, that. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but someone said to me recently. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> they may have been, you know, quoting John. Okay, okay. But um, and uh, the thing that he, that was so profound about it, they said they're all, he's all love. He's love of the Father. He's love like he's your brother. He's love like he's your friend. He's all love. And he's love like he's your husband. I mean, he can support you, take care of you. So it's all love. And and to experience that um, firsthand uh, and to see the miracles that God provided for my family, my, my faith has never been stronger. Um, and I also feel very close to Christ because, and, and, and just because I saw the suffering that just a smidgen of the suffering that he endured for us and when you witness something like that and you say you know i even the suffering became brought me closer to god because it, every time i would feel it i say i understand what he must have felt in just the this iota in this moment and that was an amazing feeling to feel um you know the pain that he felt and know that he still loved us and uh you know, he died for us. So, yeah, and that's that redemptive suffering. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you, that suffering you endured brought you closer to Christ mm-hmm. because you related. I related, and even in the small, I mean, I, I recognize it was a small fraction of the pain that he endured, um, and he it continues to endure for us. So, thank goodness, right? Thank, thank God for, for <laughs> thank all God for the, God. All, all he all he does for mm-hmm. us. Uh, how about your children? How have they done? So my children, um, I would say my daughter's faith was strong before and was strengthened. Um, and uh, she's, you know, faithful Catholic and, and uh, pursuing, I mean, she's always out there trying to help others. And it's an important part of her life. And I think her faith got her through, you know. So and my son, I, I would say he had had the opposite um, effect on him. I think his faith was very, very tested and still continues to be tested. And um, it's been a struggle. Um, he's questioning everything. I mean, I think he has a faith in God. Um, he He's still fighting and he's angry. Um, and it's not something that he feels even comfortable talking about. So um, it is it has been a struggle and will continue to be a struggle, and I just hope everybody out there is praying for him. Yeah, well, I mean, we, everybody should be praying for everyone mm-hmm. because we all need prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't really want to talk about it. I know, you know, we were talking off air that you know you just were on a long drive with him, mm-hmm. uh, sixteen hours or whatever the number was. Did the conversation even come up? Do you just kind of? let him be in the driver's seat when it comes to this topic? Oh, I, I have broached the subject multiple times, um, and uh, it's very matter-of-fact. They've accept, he, he, he accepts it and says, that's not my life anymore, and this is our life from now on, um, and there's no point in going back um, and discussing it. Uh, and there is a... And that scares me. I mean, I mean, it's a concern. It's a worry. Was he real close to his dad? Yeah, he was. I mean, yeah. um, it, both my children were. Um, I think that it was um, – I mean, I really don't know how to approach it. And, you know, obviously it, he's a very responsible young man. So he's he, – he, the effect after his dad committed suicide was to be the responsible party um, and to make sure that all the uh, – the, the worldly concerns were managed. 
Um, he was worried about making sure he had enough money to, you know, buy a car. He had enough money to, you know, get his deposit down for his rent. And, you know, he continues, he wants to continue on for um, a, a degree beyond college. So, I mean, these are his concerns now are just the the basic covering expenses, making sure these these aspects of life are, are, are managed. He's not really managing um, the other things. So it's just it's Is just it a like worry. a denial, do you think? Um, I don't know. He's, he, it's not like he avoids the topic. It's not like he um, he's very aware of it. And so I don't know if it's his denial as much as this point. He, this is about this is about how much he wants to manage. And then we'll get to the next. He's a very thoughtful young man. So I, I and, and he's still very much a questioning individual questioning about faith. So I have hope and I pray that he will um, come back to his faith. And, you know, I put it in God's hands. Another thing I put in God's hands, you know, I, you know, I, I he's got I, big hands. He's got big hands. He can handle it. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, how does time help people cope with this and help you cope with it? You mm-hmm. mentioned that a little earlier. Mm-hmm. Has counseling ever been a part of this for you or your children? You know, we had Elizabeth on last week, um, and we focused more on prevention or Mm -hmm. or people with suicide ideology. Mm -hmm. We didn't really get into people who have experienced it needing counseling. What Mm -hmm. what has been your experience, and has that been part of your healing? Yeah, so going back to time has helped, definitely. Um, I did not seek a counselor at first um and that was just because there was a lot to manage and i i was just managing as what i could do at the time um just to get through the day then um about a year after he passed away i was i was seeking counseling and i i really went my goal for the counseling and i've never had this goal where i have to be happy everybody said oh you'll be happy again um, we can't wait for you to be happy again. One day you'll be happy. And my goal is kind of a broad definition. It's, it's a broad definition. And I and I kept on listening to them and, and, and saying, that's not my goal. My goal is to find peace. And um, my goal is to uh, find peace for my children. Um, it was never about happiness because happiness is elusive. So, and if you're going to find happiness, it's through peace anyway. You got to get to the peace door before Absolutely. you get to the happy door. Absolutely. So, I, so I did seek counseling with somebody who was a faith-based faith counselor. She's also Catholic, and I couldn't go to Saint Raphael's because I unfortunately work. With that. That's that's a whole that's a whole other story. Right. So, um, but uh, and I felt that that was a great way for me um, to really talk about what was going on and the, and the fears that I had, um, you know, where was Richard now? Was he in purgatory? Was he in, you know, hell? Where was he? You know, I mean, these are worries that you had. And I can talk about that to somebody who had um, a background in, in, in Catholicism. And uh, so I, um, you know, I felt it was very helpful for me. Um, the, you know, I had prayers and meditations, you know, things that I can do to get me through a moment. Um, you know, and and it really was helpful. And just just to have someone to talk to was important, and somebody could understand. Like kind of, you know, what Elizabeth was talking about last week is is exactly what I'm uh, I, I I found in um, you know my therapist. But I really feel that you know when you have that combination of faith and counseling, it's an amazing combination that gets you through a lot of difficult days and times. So. Well, it's a combination that's really mandatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, you're kind of operating with one hand tied behind your back, and 
that doesn't solve anybody's problem. Mm-hmm. Were, you, were your kids involved in counseling? Um, well, yes, and uh, both did um, counseling. And I, uh, my son actually had a – he wasn't really seeking a faith-based counselor, but unfortunately for him, he got one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that helped him a lot. Um, and I, I call her um, his, his angel because she was – like I said, he wasn't seeking it out, but she got him through a really rough patch, and I don't really know all that happened, but it, it did seem to help him. Um, my daughter also did, and she uh, actually is pursuing a career in counseling because of her experience, so it, it clearly had an impact, um, and uh, just a lot of prayer, too, and and, and time. So. Yeah, and, and time still. And right? time still. I mean, we still mm-hmm. need time. It's not mm-hmm. like there's an end time. I know you mentioned that, mm-hmm. uh, you know— a day doesn't go by mm-hmm. where there's not the thought, but the emotions tend to be a little more in check as time goes on. It sounded like you were saying. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it, you know, there is. It's it's like I said, it's ever present in the back of my mind. Um, whether it's forefront in my mind is is uh, the, those that's not as as prevalent as it was. But um, I think that uh, you don't really get over it, and that's the the, the phrase that I think there's two phrases that um, people say to me. You know, you'll, you know, w- when are you going to get over it or are you over it? That that phrase bothers me. And the other one is, um, you know, you're so brave or you're so strong. Well, uh, I don't consider myself brave or strong. I have faith and my faith is what sustains me. And uh, so, you know, God is strong and I relied upon him. Um, I will accept the fact that my faith is strong, but I am not strong and I am not brave. And uh, but my faith in, is what lev- <laughs> just saved me. So. Yeah, so we're down to like the last minute or so. What would you say to somebody listening who has experienced suicide uh, in their family? Really lean into your faith. You know, I mean, you don't have to do this alone and you and God is ready to help you. And God will show you the path. I mean, the, the miracles I have witnessed, I, sometimes I've given to my friends who have experienced similar things. I've given them journals. And I said, you know, write down the miracles that God provides to you every day. And, and just so you can look back at the, it, it's, it's a hor- horrible time. It's a harrowing time. But if you lean in and you rely on God, uh, he will open the doors and, and the miracles will be amazing. It's just an amazing experience. It's the, it's the worst experience that anybody can endure. But in some ways, I have to say it's been the greatest experience for me uh, because the miracles were um, unbelievable. I mean, you know, God works in miraculous ways every day and you just open your eyes and lean in. Well, I mean, I think that's, I mean, great advice. I mean, who better from somebody who unfortunately has experienced this kind of tragedy in their family and is still still dealing with it, but has, you know, allowed people to help, whether it's counselors, friends, family, you can't do this on your own. So again, I want to thank Cheryl Talley for coming and talking about her experience with suicide. And again, for those who are listening, if there is an issue and you've experienced this in your family, St. Raphael's Counseling, call 720-377-1359 and get help. God bless.